Damaged Goods Podcast. So warm. There you go. Look at you drinking that. It's drinking warm. that heavy beer. Yeah. That's some dark. That's it's like, wintertime in California, man. You got to drink heavy beer. Yeah, dude. You know, it's like, uh, you pour that beer so fast, I'm scared it's going to like... Uh, yeah. That's, that's it. You got timing. You have the, the skills that I don't have on that. Yeah, I like the, the foam. It's, it's three quarters foam and one third beer. I'm, I'm such not a beer connoisseur. I, believe, I would fuck I that believe up. that beer needs to breathe. And you gotta oxygenate it first. See, you are you are on some like wine shit, yeah. beer shit. People God. think, oh, you tip the glass, yeah, that's what pour I would have nice and smooth, no bubbles, nice and clean. I get that. I that's why I it. couldn't be a bartender. But this, it needs to breathe. Have you ever been a bartender? Yep. I'm not surprised by that. Yep. In Brooklyn. Oh, shocker, dude! You yep. got that like <laughs> when I was transitioning from photo assisting into shooting and you don't really have like the stability of like enough shooting clients and like you're trying not to assist anymore but you you're still trying need to be like your you dude, to have right? free time to do other things so yeah. i worked at legion which is in brooklyn right right down the way from my my place that we were just talking yeah. about and uh and uh i bartended there for about two and a half years started as like a guest bartender with like my friend angelique cool this place was like the hipster kind of cool before brooklyn was of hipster course. cool and like it pack out I mean, we'd get up on top of the bar and like, if it was a beer and shot kind of place, dark homies were all DJing. It's like kind of like skate kids and art kids. Yeah. This and, is a very uh, Brooklyn bar. Yeah. So I learned to bartend there, but it wasn't a place I had to learn how to fucking make like You weren't a cocktail mixologist. Cocktail. It was like, man, if you ask for more than three ingredients, I was like, we don't make it. <laughs> <laughs> it's and, a perfect gig for like dudes like doing artsy shit, like being a photographer or whatever. Have I that. mean, I it's cash it. and you get the party. I'm and sure like, you get like, you get free time to do the other things during the daytime. Shit. I mean, I don't know. You walk on with 300 bucks. I could, never be, I could never do a bartending gig, I don't think. No, it's two days a week. I'm just not friendly enough to, like, strangers, I think. I'm not good at taking orders like that. I've never been a waiter. I just, I don't know. You, you got the cool bartender You got to pick the right place then. You know what I mean? A place like that, you're not, you're getting mostly homies and friends, and you're not oh. taking, if they're, they're a bridge and tunnel like that, you're just like, sorry, bro, that's just not this place. You, you were know? like, were we you weren't like a that. Tom Cruise and cocktail, like flipping beer nah. and bottles. Yeah. I'll crack a can and pour your shot. There yeah, you go. Good. Five bucks. That, that classy bartending photo voice is my, my friend, my guest, Michael Scott Slosser, photographer of extraordinary levels well-traveled but can pour you a fucking hell of a drink apparently mm. he does have that if you like a glass if you full guys of foam. could hear if you could see what you're hearing you'd see that he has like a vibe of ill photographer slash cool ass bartender thank you because you have like the thigh tattoo i've never looked at a man's inner thigh <laughs> as closely as i was looking at your tattoo and you're explaining the wings to me and i'm like six inches from it and in my head i'm like dude my face is very close to this gentleman's inner fucking thigh it's detailed you gotta uh, get in the detail it's ballsy that one didn't hurt on the um oh yeah uh, what kind of what this, is that this called was, this the, was almost a hamstring dude this wasn't fun why so like dudes that are like don't don't take this the wrong way this is a compliment you're an artsy dude right like my other homies that either are photographers or kind of artsy dudes like gravitate towards tattoos and like like you were saying earlier in uh, ran, more random places less structured maybe less symmetry like I would have never have gotten a tattoo on my inner thigh it's like above the knee for you listeners I'm trying to paint it and it's on the inner side of above his knee it's and there's no one on the other leg you know so there's no like balance in that sense why do you why do you why do you unbalanced like everything pretty much random oh not really sure. I'm, Don't think about it much. That's I just kind of how things patterned out. That's just, that's your ill artsy way. You know? Is that how you roll with photos too? Or are you more fucking <sighs> planned? I think it's a little bit of both for sure. You got to have some structure when it comes to work, but then you got to have some sort of flexibility and freedom for those happy accidents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? Random photos. I feel like one of the best photos uh, of my music career ever, maybe my most notable one, I got so many compliments on it, was one that we did on your roof that was a oh yeah with the building the, in the background and I'm smiling and shit I think that yeah. one and it was like wasn't like it was kind of like not an accident but it wasn't one of the ones we were just doing I think you were just shooting me doing shit and that became a cover of one of my albums I got so much fucking love of that I, forgot, of I literally forgot that about one. that I always remember it's all the, the studio photo, stuff dude. but like that, I love that yeah, one I think you're wearing like an old like vintage like army green kind of like coat or something and no like, not that one I'm thinking of a different one there's that one this is the one I think I have my shirt off but it's mostly from like my shoulders up and it looks like I think I have a hand behind my head and I'm smiling. That oh, one's very good gotcha, too though. But this okay. is like a black and white one. I'm like, I'm cheesing big with a smile. Oh, I remember that one 100%. That one, yeah. that one is, yeah, I do like that. I told that you about good. that too. We've done too many. But that other green one was great. Yeah, dude, you yeah. and I did a bunch. That's right. Yeah. I did one with, with Michael once where I had fake blood 
I don't know if you remember this, and it was cold as fuck outside. It's it it like January in <laughs> Dude, Brooklyn. Dude, I forgot about that too. And, I, and so in the photo, I'm wearing a wife beater so I could get like all this fake blood on my arms and on my shirt, and it's like 25 degrees outside, and I was sitting- On the curb. Yeah, in front on of your curb. building. Yeah, and I had to wash all this, I think it was like food coloring and corn syrup oh, man, and we shit. we gotta pull some of this stuff yeah. back out. It's been a long time. Yeah. For some reason, I always just think about all the studio stuff that we did Yeah, I mean, studio. and that was, that was ill too. Studio shit's No, dope, no, I know, but, but this stuff's way better. I forgot. Yeah, yeah all that. That's what are you right. going out in the streets? Huh. I like that. What, you, what a roundabout, roundabout way of meeting back then in that time period out there, and then now here we are in yeah, sunny California, dude. Sunny California. Yeah, surfing. And, no and idea sure. either of us end up here. Yeah, it's weird because Michael, like myself, surfs. And, uh, you know, I talk about surfing on the podcast live, have other guests on who surf as well and shit. But that's another ill thing. But the thing is, we're, we're boys, but we've never surfed together yet. We keep, we try to make surf dates. No, I think we should just get down to Baja and get lost. Fuck, dude. Yeah, man. I mean, tacos uh, and... I like doing the drive down. It's yeah. so fun. And just getting like out in the middle of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like that real adventure. Well, I got the Baja mobile. You do. You do, dude. That's yeah. what I want to I got a... I got an SUV recently because I've had oh, fit all those on my roof. Oh yeah, I mean now I can rack three boards on my yeah. car and I can ch- I could sleep in the back if I put my back seats down if I wanted to, but just load up shit camp. I would love to go with you because you know the area way better. Oh. I've only had like two trips down there and they've been all time. But I know some cutty little grub yeah, spots, some good serve spots, uh, places that, like if you need to crash at a hotel before the next actual town, which could be a day away for sure. Some places. I mean, when you drive into like Mexico or into the bar, there's there's like, you know, you go through TJ and you got Ensenada and then you got a long time before Rosarito and certain yeah, then towns. Yeah, you got a grip of miles and miles and miles of Nothing, just dirt dude. and nobody and four-wheel yeah. drive. And I love it when it gets like after the rain season, there's like mud holes. Yeah, everywhere. oh, dude. The car's just filthy. and you drove through some crazy rain out there. Spots, you, to, like, you bring some wood sometimes so you can get over some sections. Oh, wow, that's ill. You yeah, build, like, we went pretty bridge. deep on one trip with some homies. It was pretty wild. I've We... We were driving back, right? It was me, my stepsister, and my boy, and my other homie and his girl in another car. And we were driving. We just surfed shipwrecks. And this is on the way back after like a two-week trip, right? Yep. So this is the last day. We're trying to cross the border by dark because that's just our goal. So we surf. Well, you want to avoid the lines. Right, exactly. And dude, it gets long. So we, we surf. We, we you know change. And we're driving. And there's only, for y'all people who don't know, it's only one main road. There's only paved road in the Baja. North-South. It's the same one that's the PCH. It's the one highway that goes through California. So we're on that, and we're going, and all of a sudden, like, it's the traffic. I'm like, what the, why the fuck? And then it's not moving. And we get out, and we look down, and there's, like, big boulders and people in, in the middle of the road, and there's a protest. And it's all these truck drivers protesting because in... At nighttime. No, it was daytime. daytime. This is like two in the afternoon. In Mexico, gas is nationalized, right? So there's, it's one company, but it's kept at a fair price, and it comes from Mexico. And they started allowing foreign uh, oil companies to come in with gas, and it jacked the prices up. Yeah. So all the truck drivers were on strike, but the problem is they're blocking the only fucking road. I mean, the only road. And we're like, dude, we're just trying to go home. We've been gone. And we're like, we're in the middle of this town. And so we look, looking at a map and we see there's like off dirt roads that can go around it, but they're kind of gnarly. My boy's got a Subaru something. Yeah. But we did. We did driving over fucking cavernous, like muddy things and all these off road things. Oh, that's all part of the adventure. Exactly. That's what makes like it made it so going Ill. to Baja, Baja is Dude. like you feel like yeah. you're in like some sort of like wild, wild west. We, we crossed the border. It was like this fucking satisfactory feeling of like, wow, you just like the, the adventurous part made it. Did all you ever the hit a wine it. country out there? You Drove know what I'm talking it. about? Yeah, it's gorgeous, but I didn't stop. Random man. stop for me. I had no idea it yeah. even existed. It's beautiful. Made a detour because I was told to go that way. Like, I heard just it's joke, man. And it was like such a rad. I haven't, I haven't day trip. done anything but drive through it, but I heard it's fucking dope. They got good. I've had the wine from there. It's delicious. Yeah, it's cool. Mexico's got some really good wine. Uh, my boy and his wife, he serves too. They were down there for a few weeks, and uh, they were like staying. Um, what's the name of the place? There's a place called, like I want to say it's called the Fonda or some shit. It's like a little surf hotel. Yeah. And they were staying there and going back and forth between wine country and there and just surfing and drinking wine. Popping around. Living the f- dude, that's the fucking life. Anyone who thinks that gets played out is tripping. You don't know because that would be the shit if I could just surf and chill by the beach. But let's keep it a secret. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's why it's cool down there because it's not crowded, because it's so adventurous, because it's so isolated. Well, it's not easy. Yeah, and if it's easy, it's like L.A. Beach. It's like crowded as fuck. If it's easy, it's Cabo. Yep, exactly. And that's what I like. I like the adventure about it. I like that it's a little dangerous because it weeds out 
anybody. 100%. Dude, I love that, man. 100%. I live dangerously. That's what you do, though. Uh, Dangerous photo shoots. Yeah, speaking of danger, dude, I um, I had, like, another friend of mine who's a guest on here before, and he's a photographer. We were discussing one time about, you know, traveling for his jobs and like, being in some pretty gnarly places for photo shots. Like, he was in Iraq, and, like, and he went to, like, he almost got in jail in Brazil. Like, he had to get the, uh, what do you call that, the embassy to get him out. Yeah. It was some shit he didn't even do. And, like, you ever been on a fucking shoot and, like, some gnarly shit? Some, event, like, sexy, adventurous photography shit? I mean, I'd say some of that level of what you're talking about it has happened the majority of the time. That's because you guys are wild. When the industry was different than it is now. You know, like different time, 2005, 2006, just before like digital came around, just, just before the economy shifted and, and, and budgets shifted <clears throat> and did a bunch of international travel through India and Southeast Asia and Cambodia Sexy and places. places. And places you travel places like that and you travel with a bunch of gear um, and like... Carnets don't really exist, and you're dealing with customs. Would you say it doesn't really? Carnet, exist? carnet is like a, it's like a, like a, Educate a us. bond or like a, not a bond, but like a, a, it's a, it's a document that you have to have created before you leave for international travel with all the gear because there's import oh, export goods, uh, right? So they want to make sure that you're, you're not selling, selling and there's not taxes being coke. missed by by places. So like, you travel with five bags or twenty five bags. Every item in those bags has to be listed yeah, with serial numbers, for. price, name, yeah. model on this document. Then this thing costs money to get created, right, in advance. And that's why the and company then, or the Then client. you go through each country and places that don't recognize Carnet just makes it more difficult to travel. So then you go somewhere like India or something and like he's like, you're like Carnet and they've got all these bags and they try to basically seize. They know, and they don't TSA in those places. These are military that run airport, right? They're their security, military security. It's not TSA security, Very right? So like, these, so like these guys are there and they're military trained and they, they take orders in a certain way. You don't talk to them the same way you talk to people here. You know what I mean? So you learn that on the spot. That's not a good thing to learn on the spot because you've already disrespected somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't play in some places with, no. uh, with those dudes. So, you know, I've had, I mean, danger in the sense, not mega danger, danger in the sense of like... You're here for a job. There's a lot of money on the line. You're here to. You got a time schedule to keep. You got bags that are being seized that are multi thousands worth of dollars and stuff. Like, you just got to handle yourself. But I don't know. I think that's like part of the appeal to like gigs like that. Like I like little adventure and shit. You know, I mean, being an artist, you get different kind of vibes like that. But I think that'd be one of the doper things from the outside looking in. Like if I was traveling, shooting photos, like you know, like what do you call it, war journalist dudes and yeah. shit like that. I mean, that's a little crazy, but just that shit probably makes. I don't know, man. It's just not boring. You're not no. clocking in the fucking office, you know hating am, life. What's amazing is when you travel to the other side of the world, there's parts of the other side of the world that are used to that side of the world crossing over and this side of the world crossing over. And then you hit places like Cambodia where a lot of of the area is tourist and traveled in, in, in these times. But we went on this one specific trip in Cambodia that... <clears throat> I think the drive all on dirt road right along like the Mekong River and this is about 2005, 2006 and we drove three, four hours like two, three times had to pull over, couldn't get through mud holes like these are real raw roads through villages and I, at one point I like asked our local who was in the car with us who we had hired um, why I mean these villages are poor as poor like no electricity no running water like cows that bones are sticking out of basically like so emaciated like not fed and 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 I was like how come everybody just stops as we're driving like they've seen a ghost and he looks at me he goes he goes we're going so deep right now into these villages that there's no traffic in and out other than these villagers he goes most of these people in their entire life have never seen a white person mm. and I was like like that's how deep and remote you are in a culture and a society and a way of life that like has zero outside influence for what yeah, decades dude. and decades and decades of no change in only one way. And like, it's baffling because to me it's eye opening and I'm so grateful to travel and to see that when you've seen it other places, but to them, they literally are stopping in their tracks and like blowing. looking as you drive by, like they yeah. saw a ghost and like, that was raw. That was real. That was Definitely. for me. And I don't know. I was like, what is this? 2006 to now? Like, my age, I was in my, my mid twenties. Oh, like, that's that was eye opening experience. And that's like the best fucking college kind of shit you could have ever got. Is those, and most people will never 
get to experience that on either end, being them or yourself, and getting to have that kind of situation. Like, few people from any country travel to a place like that and get to see that, get to understand that. Like, I'm sure it was, like, humbling. It's eye-opening. Even, like, kind of shit you can't describe, shit you can't even explain. But Pretty cool, pretty cool. I mean, I think... I wish everyone got to travel more than just, like... Going to Club Med, we're going down yeah, to like and that's you not know, traveling, but yeah, it's like you know, but it is, it everything's isn't. traveling, yeah, right? True, but like, true. It is. really traveling and having the luxury because it's expensive and it's hard and it's it hard is. to plan, and, 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 it's, and, it's, and it's and it's scary, it's unfamiliar and scary, 100%. Yeah. No, we don't like to go to places where we can't speak the language, exactly. Shit. That's it's very intimidating, but as you do it more, it becomes a little bit more comforting, a little bit more oh, easier, yeah. and whatever. But what you gain from that all the time is how freaking vastly different, oh man cultures and life is other places than the way you're used to and what that does is just kind of open up your perception and ideas to things and i think travel is very important for people because of that like i mean you get to see so much diversity in walks of life and start to recognize that like hey man it can change um it changes like the way you perceive your way of life in the world you know i think no matter what country you come from if you if you don't have a lot of other experiences elsewhere you just assume well, this way of life that I'm living and my friends and family are living is is the right way or or it's the normal way yeah. or is is like just what you're used to and you can't fathom a different way of life. And in some places, like they couldn't fathom your way of life. I mean, th- there's worlds different of shit like you're describing it, and some people would never understand that. So it leaves them a little short sighted with how they treat other people, how they can even cons- you know understand someone else's situation. But like in in <clears throat> okay. Everyone's a Game of Thrones fans these days, it seems like, right? I mean, at least... It's, it's a very so popular that, program, yes. Yeah, so for this that time of the world, yeah. traveling great distances oh, was yeah. very difficult. And so I get why people have lack of exposure, so this is how they are, how they yeah, are yeah. or whatever. But in today's world, like, sure, it's a budget thing. Oh, yeah. But it's accessible, and, you, and the world now has more blurred lines of ways to cross over and have these these overlaps and, and, and influences. Yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, I think that's a beautiful thing for right now to be I mean, able like, to. I love, but it's still a luxury. I love having had jobs and shit where traveling is part of it. Um, cause it makes it so much fucking more fun. Yeah. Like Ill. a month or two ago, you were on the road for a minute. Yeah. And, and I'll be on the road again in f- five weeks. Yeah. And then for how long? Six weeks run in five weeks for six weeks. Yeah. In five weeks, I'll a six week time period is a long time. It is. And you know, I, I, dude, I did seven weeks one time. That was super yeah, long. I don't run like that. And, uh, it's, it is a little crazy and you wake up in different time zones and shit, you know, and you get all discombobulated and you get comfortable to pack up, get comfortable. You yeah. pack up. You, you feel, sometimes you just, you feel like detached from the rest of the world in a way because you're like living in a in a in your own kind of bubble when you're uh-huh. when you're in that little space and you're never really in one place too long so yeah it's but I it's like, it's it like binge long. it's like it's a binge lifestyle and it's a binge work yeah you yeah. know is you go like you probably do crazy long shoots and days and then you go chill for a while for sure and then you go down to Nicaragua and shit or you whatever you know but that's what's dope about the kind of job you do or I do you can do those dope ass trips to Baja or whatever because you put in all that work over here it's hard to plan. You just, when it's slow, you make something happen personal. Mm. And when it's busy, you just shove everything aside and you run. You yeah. Know? It's like, it's weird because I have, um, I have a lot of friends that I serve with that are either photographers or videographers. They, they work in that field. And it's so ill for their surfing life because it benefits them that schedule where, yeah, they do a lot of work and go on trips and shoots. But then they have like chunks of time where they can go surf it out in other places. Or even if it's just in L.A., go hard surfing every day. And like, that's the kind of shit I like want to maintain so I can surf a lot. I ain't going to become no photographer. but No. I mean, I mean it's, 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 there's a lot of different careers that enable that. But yeah. it, it, it sounds great, but it's a fucking hustle. I'm not yeah. going to tell you that. Of like, course. That we're pitching all these great lifestyle <laughs> moments that it's not hard yeah. and a struggle and oh, like no, you have you your business, your you have your slows, you're always hustling and grinding. You don't always know where it's going to come from. I mean, there's some regular clients and there's some things that are in flux. You got things that like you walk off of that you're on a high and you think everyone's so happy and everyone yeah. just fed you so much. It's like, praise and then all of a sudden you're like how come I ain't heard from them in so long What? what's you know there's no rhyme or reason sometimes to this industry yeah, but there's it's no a stability. very mental no stability. struggle yeah exactly like, yeah it's it's taxing you have to you have like the binge lifestyle the binge work like the it's up it's down it, it's it slow it's busy you, like it wears, it wears on, on you and like you never know where you got to constantly be looking for new clients there's no regularity there's no rhyme or reason you can't really relax it's it's tiring and, and, it, and it hits a point where like you know you figure it out and then you also get worn out and like, 
you got to have the reason I think you play hard, so you work hard, you play hard because you, you have, have to. Like, yeah. And I think like uh, people that aren't, you know, in the arts, I got friends like this who have more like traditional jobs, nine to fives, whatever. They, you know, they're, they're always envious of the person's lifestyle that's different like this. But what they don't know about is the lack of stability, and, and, and there's anxiety in that. There's doubt. There's all kinds of things. So if you have a regular job that as long as you show up, punch in, do your work, and leave, you got a job tomorrow. And, and you don't have that up and down anxiety and shit, you know, and uh, like that's the trade-off. But we always look at that from the outside. Yeah, grass is greener type shit. Yeah, and, but, but, but at the same time, it's because you ain't putting it out there that there's a struggle and that the struggle's yeah. hard or it's real yeah. or whatever. You're always putting out there the good stuff. You're always yeah. putting out there like, oh yeah, well, I was just in Nicaragua yeah. and, oh, and I was in New York the week before and like, yeah. oh, I was over it's here true. and you know, like, that's it's just, true. And that's even just, if you put out the struggle, most people won't notice it. They'll pay more attention to the sexy, cool shit. Of course. You know, and shit. And plus like, but that's what we typically want to share anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And like nobody We're wants to show the bad stuff. Yeah, like I was talking to, this, my, my man the other night was talking to me about he, him and his uh, girl had broken up, right? And he was like still kind of like heard up and he's like yo what's a he, I'm older than him which makes me feel real old he's like what's a good way to kind of get over a breakup and I was like well first thing you should do dude I mean the only thing he's gonna do with his time but first thing unfollow her on all social media don't be fucking checking up on her shit cause she's gonna post out there like she's having a blast like it's all good and you're gonna start tripping she's gonna be sad too but she's not gonna post like pictures of her crying and missing you no one does that like no, no one's gonna show you the sad shit they're gonna no. show you them out at the fucking bar with their friends and club it is, girls it is, and shit it is an interesting time with social media in that sense oh, versus you before can when you break up with somebody before like there was telephone and then you don't talk anymore yeah, and there wasn't text or whatever other, like, yeah exactly or like social circles oh, you had to God avoid damn. but like now, now like, exes pop up you, in like pictures with my friends and shit you can't fucking people hide. you follow each at least Ugh. together and then you're gonna see it one Dude, way or another yeah. it's really hard to avoid oh, things man. in that sense unless you fully detach It's and it's easy to then oh, the um, almost like over uh, obsess because yeah. of you can, social you media can creep access on your of stuff anybody shit and people have done I've done it before and then I made the strong choice to never do that again and stop that and just be like cold turkey with it because if you get curious and you do look, now you're going to look more. It's like a rabbit hole, dude. Downward oh, yeah. fucking spiral and you just got to sever the fucking ties, man up or woman up and suck it up and be sad for a little while and then you'll be good. Block it all. Yeah, dude. Or just drink it off. That's what. Just drink it off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what most people do. You know, process. I like to process the pain a lot at first. The original therapist. So I can get it away. Yeah, dude. You know, take it. Some people will deny it for a while and then that like hurt will come back. You know, I like to feel it I so feel I get it. get it out of it. me. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Get 100%. over it. You got to take it. It's like getting a tattoo. It hurts, but you just lay there and take it. If you try to tense up, that's, it's you, worse. No. You know, you got to be relaxed. Just Run take that it. fucking needle. Yeah. yeah. And then it's, then you start to forget that the fucking needle's in there. And it's embrace the pain. Yeah, it's true, man. I never, uh, did you ever like drink before any tattoos or anything like that? Oh, Michael, Michael gave me this great look. Like, are you fucking kidding me, Jake? No, because tattoo artists are not allowed to tattoo you drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if you, anybody go to a shop, that's like the advertisement. And uh, I've actually never done that, um, but only because- I slept through this whole tattoo I just told you on my arm. It's a miracle. I don't know how this you did that. walk in- yeah. But it didn't like mess because the theory is, you know, it, it makes you bleed and the ink doesn't sit in. It didn't affect anything, or what do you think? Yeah, I don't bleed, so. So tough motherfucker. Yeah, I got elephant skin. Elephant skin. That's what, what I've been told. I never, uh, yeah, I never drank. I mean, I smoked like during them, but I, I learned that it actually made it worse. It made me more sensitive. For weed, sure. And I was like feeling the pain more, so I stopped smoking weed during my tattoos. Smoke right after, though, but I don't do it. But I, I'd taken, I'd taken, um, Percocets a couple times Way long time ago During it And I didn't feel shit uh, But then my boy's like Yo that shit will thin your blood Also makes the ink not I stay mean, So I I just go Fucking natural They're not bad Every spot's different And your uh, mental state Affects it But at the end true. of the day Don't get a tattoo If you're not If you're worried about the pain That's true yeah Anytime people ask me Like does it hurt I'm like yeah Like they don't It's not like it feels good But it hurt, doesn't hurt enough as uh, like me wanting it, you know, the, the tattoo is You're not worth it stabbed. to me. Yeah. The, the outcome discomfort. is what I want. I'm, yeah. I'm willing to suffer through this for having this, you know, so it doesn't feel good, but it doesn't hurt that bad. No. If it hurt that bad, I wouldn't do it. And all the girls listening probably are saying like, you pussy. Yeah. Nothing like yeah, squeezing labor. out fucking exactly. children out that little thing. God Way higher damn. pain tolerance. Oh God. I know. Oh, they, yeah, they say if you pass a kidney stone as a man, it, uh, allegedly that's supposed to be on par 
with yeah. having a baby. I don't know. Never have. I drink a lot of water. Yeah. Stay away from dairy and soda. That shit crystallizes in your kidney and you'll be <laughs> pissing out fucking stones out your dick hole, dude. Who drinks soda anymore? Dude, you'd be fucking surprised, man. No I say LaCroix took over the market. Well, that's because you hang out with artsy motherfuckers, dude. Go down the street. You'll see some dudes with a big gulf coming out of 7-Eleven. I see some, some motherfuckers drinking some soda. All right. But well. it is, I agree, soda's uh, bad news. If I'm going to drink something bad for me, I'm going to have uh, alcohol. Exactly. It's like water, smoothies, alcohol. That's it. I get my water from my alcohol. <laughs> Uh, I have gone uh, surfing hungover before and like thrown up in the ocean while like out there and then kept surfing like and like shake it off paddle into a wave like a uh, multiple times I love thought. it because I would get seasick you know sitting out there on my board oh really I'd be fine in the morning feeling alright get out there and then I'm like oh, oh man the ocean is such a hangover cure it's amazing just instant, with sobers you up fresh sobers it, it, you up yeah, all of it it's like a giant neti pot for your nasal passage you catch fucking that salt water going all up in your shit. It's great. It's great. And it's good for your dry skin. It's a, it's a therapeutic place, man. That's why I value surfing so much and getting to be in proximity of the ocean. Now, I mean, now that you've been here for how, how long you've been here in Orlando? Uh, two and a half years. Two and a half. And I'm four years now. And yeah. I don't but feel, you're also it, originally from out here, right? I mean, I grew up or, in California in Southern California yeah. until I was 18. But then since then, I, I, I never in, lived in California you've again. You've been in New York. Like, really. I've been a few places, but... Yeah, New York mostly for sure. My formative adult years and career development, but uh, so yeah, that that feels a little bit gravitate. But LA was never a home for me, and it's a new spot. And in four years, it still hasn't clicked quite yet for me. I don't know about you. I mean, you're half the time, but maybe you've uh, you've acclimated in a different way. It's just it's got its radness and it's got its differentness that just doesn't fit personally yeah. for me. But coming to it, knowing that we both met out in the city on the East Coast. How much do you feel like not getting back as often as you used to be the whole time that like you miss it or feel different uh, or like this area here fits? Because I'm talking career-wise, like because oh, your influences. Well, for you, because influences influence yeah, me, yeah. like right for work, and I'm assuming for you as well. Um, I mean, there's something about like warm weather, and energy, and in, in, in consistently nice weather that has a tremendous effect on my mood. There you go. Um, but I think I also pulled from the negativity that I might have been feeling. Energy wise, from like shitty weather and shittier mm. people, people are in a less good mood in the East Coast. This is just, just, just a fact. So I think I did use that as fuel sometimes, but overall it was, it was draining me. Uh -huh. You know, I might have made some good art or made some good decisions, but I was tiring. Soul. So I like the, this is a little easier on me where I'm at in my life now. I think at the time, like you saying, in your formidable adult years, being in Boston and New York for all those years was good. Mm. I would not have wanted to be in LA at that time. I think where I'm at now, my 30s, this is good. I like this. It's a little chiller for me. I need to chill. I need to slow it down a little. Gotcha. And I still find myself uh, creative, but in a different way. You know, like, um, I don't know. I think I'm pulling from less places of sadness or mm -hmm. like dark places. I don't, that sounds weird, but. I hear that. I mean, I feel like that's the same reason I came here. I'm, but at the same time, I'm leaving on Monday morning to New York for... For how long? Five days. Oh, and I'm, for a I'm shoot? I'm super excited. I'm actually not leaving for a shoot. Like, part of... Parte? Work, no, is is traveling for meetings. Like, a lot. Oh. Like, you, you, you don't <clears throat> shoot as much as you would like to. You hustle as much as... More than you Networking want to. Like, shit. it's about booking meetings and traveling and making face and booking appointments and showing oh, portfolios and fun and, shit that no and, one hears and, about. And, 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 and just let people know who you are instead of just a name on an email or a promo that goes to them or a book. So you're meeting sent. people that you So don't you meet know. people that, like, you've maybe met before and you're still trying to build a relationship or you're meeting people you've never met before that are obviously taking an interest in, and taking the time to meet with you and look at your work in person versus just online. And a lot of that comes to just. They want to know who it is that they're going to work with before they hire you. I got to feel you as a, yeah. as a person. So, like, right? you know, for instance, I land on Monday. I have four meetings on Tuesday. Damn. Three dude. meetings on Wednesday. Jesus Christ. And four meetings on Thursday, and I fly out Friday. That's like so, you basically, insane. and each meeting is like 45 minutes to an hour and a half long of you putting on like a presentation in a sense, you know, and like, and, and showing face and giving energy and being, and then I've got like 50 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes till the next meeting to basically commute eat something, decompress, and then put the game on face on again. And like that's like three, four a day like that. It's a full run. Um, and that's, that's part of the job. That's the job. And But what's great is that, like, you know, I'm going to go to New York next week for that. And then I'm going to wait a couple weeks. I'll hit up uh, Portland. I love going to Portland for meetings. It's a great, great city. A lot dude. of fun. But so always fun. have a 
successful ratio of like people that want to take meetings with you. And then I'll ch the, the spring for me is every year I run meetings. I'll go to like three or four different cities or states and this just is promo meetings. time. This is, this is Michael Scott's that's, loss that's of promo marketing. time. Like you gotta, you gotta get out there. And it's there. the same, you're kind of given like the same presentation at each one mostly. Well, that's, I mean, you're vibing off people yeah, like yeah. you are in the conversation. Some people are a little bit more inquisitive and some are more not, some are more lax and some are more formal. So your presentation's got to fluctuate based on it, right? Yeah, read but like, the room. You got to fill a room. Sometimes only three people show to the meeting, and sometimes there's nine people that show to the meeting. Why they need nine motherfuckers like, in there? That seems you a got excessive. designers, you got different art directors on different projects, then you got creative directors, and you got like, so you got a, a variety of people. The art buyer, you know, like there's so account execs, like whatever. There's just it. It's not up to me who they bring. However, they want people they want to have in the room. So true. You know, it's one of those things that you get comfortable with with presentation and talking in front of people that way and showing your work and knowing that hey <clears throat> my personality and the work yeah. has to speak for itself in a sense that like people gotta they like feel you, comfortable man. and confident that when they give you this budget and this project that they're not going to lose this account because you don't do what they need you know you're selling yourself to them you're, really. you're just you're just reassuring them what it's going to be like and then you also got to know that your work's on the line in the sense like not everyone's gonna like your work all the time. They're really not. And that's okay. You try, you don't take it personal no more, right? You, well, you, you try not to. And like, I, I feel like self-critiques, like if you never went to a school where you got critiqued in front of people, you got, you got butt hurt in the beginning. And, and, you got and embarrassed, you, right? You're, you're touching on something that I talk about a lot now is like we, we, we award a lot of people for, everyone gets a pat on the back now. There's not a lot of critiquing. It's, it's negative to no, critique and, and I think it makes people When I was weaker. in school, my instructors, they made it a critique right out of the gate when you were brand new, like harsh, so that you knew, like, hey, yeah. man, this is a this tough is, path, dude. Thick skin. These fools would take your prints off, because this was film days, there was printing in the dark room, like whatever. They'd oh, take school. your prints off the rack for presentation, for final presentation, and chuck it out That's the window and be like, <laughs> don't ever put that on my rack again. <laughs> That's like, and the... you're sitting there in front of all your peers and you thought you were ready for your final and, and like, That's oh. It good, that weeds probably people out who, oh, I'd like to get Dude, into photography or something, thick skin. but they're this not is, ready for it. It's a personal attachment, but you got to also detach at one point too and know, hey, if I'm working, now nah, you go. Yeah. If the commercial shooter, like you got to, you got to know that like, you're trying to create something that's yours, but also at the end of the day, you're being hired to create something for someone else. Yeah, it's 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 your job, but it's their product or it's their exactly, company, it's their right? brand. It's you want to deliver to them, but you have like what do you call them? Passion projects or some shit that that are your like yeah, your, you what are you doing your go, like stuff. garage? Yeah, I mean currently something I, I don't I know what I would call that. I used to do a lot more personal projects when I lived in New York. I, I just recently trying to get back into having a personal project. Sometimes you have a timeline on it. Sometimes it's. You can't ever though, really just put a goes full time goes. on yeah, your personal but, shit. You know, I'm living in a in a smaller little beach cottage for the first time, which is nice. I've always lived in lofts in downtown. Oh, what LA a photographer! What Angeles a fucking photographer! There's spaces you can create in. That's why you live in them, right? I've never lived in a loft. I want yeah, to. Yeah, but I'm they're jealous. big. They're open. You can create. You can do things, and that's great. So I'm living in a smaller little space for me. It's on the beach, and that's why. Um, but so I, I created a little like ongoing project. I'm calling garage portraits yeah and it's just the that. simplicity of like what a portrait's basically about which is just like available light and a backdrop and it's really just about available light does that mean like sunlight or like yeah just like not 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 you're not self-lighting it, it. Ah, yeah all right copy that so what's beautiful about this is like the time of day of like the indirect light that comes through the garage is like kind of like a shaft of like real soft directional light and and uh. i switch between gray black and white backdrops with and i have a variety of Interesting, creative yeah. people that just that the portrait speaks for itself and it's just little moments or whatever. And like, I want to create a, a little coffee table book as a, as a passion project, That's like dope. you're saying, or whatever. That it's an ongoing thing at the moment. I'm maybe, I don't know, 40% through where I want to be for it. And I'd like to have a little like reception, print a couple nice big pieces yeah. of some key out pieces from it, make a nice bound professional coffee table book, maybe 125 copies. Everyone that's in it gets a copy. And then I have a handful to give as, you know, client gifts, a little promotional piece. Definitely a nice and little press kit of sorts. Totally. But Hell yeah. it's, 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 you gotta have those things. Cause sometimes you have projects for work that 
inspire and, you and you're excited about and you have yeah, other ones, literally just pay you. It's a check. And sometimes you exactly. got to do that. And you're yeah. giving them exactly what they want. And you know, this could be more or better or different, yeah. but that's not your job. They don't want your always. input. Nah. They just want the, the, the task this is done. done. And that's the way that shit is sometimes. That's a trade And anyone who's got a, re- a different job, like a desk job or whatever, you know, they're like, hey man, your boss says this is what you're going to yeah. do. And you know, it could be done different, but this is how he says you're going to do it. Then this is what you're going to do. Do you, uh, you, you have all these creative people people that come through for these garage portraits and like you said the, the picture speaks for itself but you know these people have some kind of presence have some kind of energy have some kind of something that translates the photo and it, it, heartbreaking news flash for some listeners is there anybody who just it is not gonna you just ain't photogenic it's not gonna look cool you're well, just not gonna be that interesting, know, interesting most of the people I shoot aren't aren't people that are used to being in front of the camera for this project. That's not what this is about. It's not like you're booking models or, 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 or talent or famous people that you normally would photograph. This is about real people. Oh, that, so these, are, I thought it was all like artist people you knew and shit. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't mean they're in front of the camera all the time. Ah, like for instance, shame. like I want to get you in the garage, right? Oh, but I like love the camera. Though. Yeah, but you're not always in front of the camera. I mean, you, <laughs> this is you true. happen to do, yeah, you know, true. but there's a comfort level. Some people are more comfortable. Some people aren't. I'm looking for just natural character in this moment of somebody that I think is interesting and cool or different. And that as a collective body of work is going to balance and play off each other in different ways and how you pair pictures from, from different people next to each other. It's not about picking the one best picture of you. It's about picking oh, the yeah, picture. The whole collection. From the shoot I did with you that fits best next to these two other people or mm. whatever that play off each other and creates like more of yeah. like well you're you're making a whole project exactly it's, it's like, a body it, of work not an individual yeah. like selection Mus- musicians you know struggle with trying to make a couple hit singles and then the rest of the album is fucking crap because some songs belong together with these others to create a a, a, a continuity of some kinds that that you feel and having this one big hit single in there might throw off the other nine ten tracks but you people want to do it because they want to make sure this one's going to hit but it throws off the album and then there's some of my favorite albums don't have those maybe big hit singles because the sound has to it has to have a certain vibe and that's what makes a classic something collection like you're talking about yeah. something with multiple things not just one shot for the cover of GQ well, the difference or, of doing a single yeah that, and, and there's a whole doing, different approach or artistically. doing a full book and uh yeah that's like an interesting because i always think about that musically but to think about that in the sense of, of photography is interesting because if you were doing like a cover shoot for a magazine right you're like i, I just gotta make this dope ass shot one hero that fits the cover yeah. but then yeah, you're gonna do like fucking a 30 photo or 50 i don't know how many things go in a coffee table book but it's probably a whole different approach to that shit that's interesting i never seen i like i like it when i get to learn too it's fun i uh i was gonna say i've never um i've like never like gotten into taking photos but i've you know been on the receiving end of the lens a lot and shit but it always looked so dope because i used to like spider-man when i was little peter parker was a photographer but that was like black room or right what dark room dark, dark room. room the old school shit but i never i never got into it man they had the classes in high school and i just did other shit art classes and dark skateboarding man, how many people appreciate music but never got into music that's true it's, it's true something well, to now, have an appreciation now everybody's a photographer because you have a phone music it's just because digital God, era, both yeah. things make it more accessible and 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 something you can tinker with there's the analog days of both music yeah, and, and film, you know, like you, you had to be a little more of a technician and know a little bit more of the science and a little bit more of like that kind of stuff that I, made it a little more difficult. And I think that having that process attached to those things made uh, it kind of, like we said, it weeded out people too because it's more... It made it more of a so specialty craft. Yeah, now you can... There's less quality control now because almost anybody can do it. And that's a bummer for me sometimes because I just see so much shit. I'm like, all right, all right, like you know that you shouldn't be doing that. The prestige of like calling yourself something Mm. has changed. Yeah, I mean anybody can just put shit out there, and and then the funny thing is, people might take to it, or might look, or listen to it, or see it. Maybe not because they really like it. Maybe just because somehow it gains traction or crosses their path, or they don't. I don't know, man. Like I don't know how to describe what I'm saying, but. Like a lot of bullshit gets some shine nowadays, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's a, I think it's frustrating for me being a, a creator and maybe for the same for you when you see that because you're like, man, there's a lot of people like myself putting in work and went through all these steps and shit and then some other person's just kind of, I don't know, man, like fly by night and does their shit. But at the end of the day, you can't be better at them. You just got to work hard and do no, your shit. No, I mean, shit times and, change, right? So you, you, you get frustrated. You think things yeah. are different because you came up in a different, a different world. Or but it's always changing though, you know? Like, yeah. You either, you either adapt and evolve or you get left behind. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you can still have the frustrations that you're talking about or like the whatever the feelings are, but at the end of the day, 
it comes down to adapt or get left behind. Yeah. With don't, anything. Don't be a dinosaur. It's true, man. Don't. The, Hold on to those roots. Appreciate them. Grow. Use them as tools that you have that they don't have. Yeah. You know, and find a way to implement them and separate yourself. But you still got to adapt because that's the way things are going. It's true. It's like, hey, man, uh, these self-driving cars are a real thing. Oh, yeah, dude. It's Maybe it's not real right now, but real. it's on the real horizon of, like, this is something that we really want sooner, to happen. Sooner than we know, it's going to be the norm. Resist it or get without it. Like, text messaging happened. I resisted it. I didn't think it was going to be a thing. <laughs> it's more than a thing. It's a lot easier to, to not fight it, too. Uh, to, you know, like, not put up that struggle. Totally. If you can learn to work with things and make shit work for you. I mean, that self-driving car shit is, is going to be, like, the norm. It's going to be the 100% the way things go. But, yeah. And, uh, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, what am I going to do? What am I going to fucking protest the car companies? It's all, you know, I just got to roll with the punches. I just want to make sure it's safe and that, oh, yeah. and that it, make, and well, it makes then, sense. And then you adapt yeah. and acclimate. But we're living in the most, like, fast-changing. Oh, dude, yeah, it's crazy. Time. Like, things didn't move as fast in terms of how fast we are. That's true. I mean, when th the thing with the self-driving cars that f is like, I think kind of concerns me and should probably concern everybody is you got to think that like, I don't know how many million jobs are delivery jobs, like, like truck drivers, things like that. You got cabs and lifts and Ubers. Those are all going to be automated, right? So now you're going to have millions of people out of work. So what governments are going to have to do, and they discuss things like uh, universal basic income. Even Elon Musk and Bill Gates are talking about how when so, and not just self-driving cars but you know fast food restaurants are starting to have uh, automated machines to order from instead of a fucking person eventually you can't have a, a healthy economy with so much unemployment you can't stimulate it no one can buy shit so yeah. you're gonna have to give people some kind of stipend if you eradicate all these jobs some jobs will disappear but I, th I also think that some new jobs that don't exist now will be created in a sense because for instance okay self-driving car right takes mm -hmm. you to work mm -hmm. leaves you at work instead of your car sitting in the parking lot your car can then potentially then drive itself and go run errands for you, right? Mm. So then if it goes to run errands for you and pick things up, then you have to have, to have new positions that didn't exist before to load your car, to pull those things off the shelf, to True. put them in there yeah. and do we things look for at you. look the glass half full, you know, So I think, yes, some jobs will d disappear, but yeah. potentially and hopefully new ones, new ones will be created yeah. because the whole way things work and operate ah. is a different way this is true this right? is true man so, so when those transformers cars are like getting my groceries and shit like that some other dude will be he's got to pull them off the shelf someone's got to put yeah. them in the car because it's you're true. not there anymore right it's, true. it's not just the dude restocking shelves and the one of the yeah. registers anymore there's other positions there's more employment in that place because it's almost like every place is going to be like an Amazon distribution mm, yeah right yeah, that's true. I think a lot of people get, uh, get, get like a doomy, gloomy Terminator perception of the future. Like, oh, the fucking machines are going to take. And like, I kind of used to like revel in that too. And there is some truth to it. But, you know, I think it's hopefully going to be more like what you're describing. And, and I think people are going to find ways to work, work it and make it work. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully. Let's yeah. just hope that like, you know, what made, I think, older generations yeah. a little stronger and tougher was that things were harder. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. It didn't come as easy. So things Christ. become a little more accessible for us. We become a little bit more complacent and a little bit more just... Oh, man. Don't have the same drive. And, and dude, if and, my grandfathers were alive today and, like, see kids, like, the next generation down... like The ones I, that walked uphill both ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've, you've never seen a hill that go, changes direction halfway <laughs> between fucking school, dude. But, I mean, like, you know, my grandparents, I like, came over on a boat yeah. from, like, Europe in, like terrible condition like that sounds crazy to me yeah. you know i don't know how long it took on a boat my mom actually did she came to america from italy um the first time when she was four years oh, old yeah, on a boat time. three weeks oh, uh, took her yeah um everything in like uh, a big old like metal a trunk big, which yeah, i actually most, have this big metal uh, trunk it's crazy. amazing it's beautiful the heaviest shit you've ever seen yeah and then her second time uh in her teenage years and then after that travel so what, changed. she came here she came to america at four years old for her first time her family and then went back to Italy, Italy then with went the family? Back, huh? With her, with her parent, no, grandparents? she went back uh, to live with ex extended family. Mm. And, Where in Italy? Uh, um, pretty small area, but like southeast of Rome, basically. Oh, cool. Um, My geography sucks, Dick, so. Well, but I, I know, I, I got an idea of what Italy's like, so. Um, but yeah, travel like that. It's not. Time, three weeks. Crazy. Yeah. That's fucking insane, dude. But you remember how how the majority of that time, you're not seeing land in any direction. I mean, I'm sure the you're conditions in the of the boats are terrible, too, man. Like, Could, yeah, can be. God, damn, so your mom, I didn't know that, dude. I didn't know your mom's Italian. Yeah. What's, uh, what's your father from? My dad's 
Eastern European like, descent, but like has been in like generation, generation, generation. Oh, so he's America. been in America. Like my mom was just actually like. Have you been there, Italy? Yeah. Oh, sure. dope. Not Sur- as much as I should. Not as much as I would like to. Surfing there? Huh? They surf there? I know Spain. South of Spain's got some sick surfing in South of France too. Spain. Portugal, all those Oh, Portugal's fucking... Sure. Forget yeah. about it, dude. I want to go surf in Spain and eat seafood a lot. I'd love to do that. Portugal looks insane. All that area. Yeah, far. Morocco. I mean, these exactly. are all like my wet dreams. Insane. Seriously, dude, I'd love to do that. Been to Morocco once. Yeah? yeah? Whereabouts? Oh, three, I think it was. I went to Morocco for work. First time. It was actually my first real, like, third world international travel. I think it was around 2003. Were you in the city or in the cut? On, um, we, 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 we were in... The skirts of Marrakesh, oh. in and out of that area, kind of. I, I heard that, but like a lot different in '03 than now. And that that's 15 years ago. And I heard Marrakesh, Marrakesh was like, wasn't as welcoming uh, compared to other parts of Morocco. Potentially, to, to I don't know. Westerners. I mean, I'm an adapter. I, I, I take things for what they are and how mm. they are. You know, when you go places, this isn't. Yeah, there's nothing to judge. It's like people didn't like Paris forever. I moved to Paris. You moved to Paris? Yeah, I got what a sexy photographer story, dude. What? See, this is I, like I, you're playing I lived the role. I in New great. York in '02. Didn't know a single person went there for a job interview and never came home. Fuck, how long was that? Um, I graduated in 02. Was this college you're talking uh-huh. about? And uh, right after I graduated, I was camping in Yosemite for graduation <laughs> with a girlfriend at the time. That's dope. Got a phone call while I was in Yosemite for a job interview in New York and didn't tell him I didn't live in New York. And they said, can you come on Tuesday, which was like two days away, packed my stuff on the spot out of Yosemite, left and caught a flight and went to New York for this interview and never came back home and lived in New York for almost 12 years after that. But uh, uh, I moved to Paris in 05 because I burned out after three years. I just got like, whoa, like what am I doing here? Like how have I been here so long? Like I didn't even anticipate ever coming here. Like... It's exhausting. New York and put all my stuff in storage and moved to Paris. Uh, Didn't have like a working visa or a visa or anything. So I knew that like I had like, unless something changed, I had three months and then you were supposed to leave, you know? And um, that was amazing. Like literally didn't know anyone, didn't know the language and everything. It just was like, I'm going to try to adapt and integrate myself in it and like found ways to shoot and found ways to find... projects to you make them money French, to live right? no i mean i learned a little bit you then you had to a little time, bit right? but like not a lot you know you can't have conversations but you could like get by yeah but like that's also hard than when you go out at night and you want to go have some drinks yeah dude and you're seeing all these people that think that you know and you look at them they look at you but you don't speak the same language yeah like, i only know enough to get by then you just didn't grow because you couldn't have conversations with people your peers or people that you maybe like a girl you were attracted to yeah that's you can't just rely on english either yeah now nah, you know i mean i found in in, in but i've been in other countries where I, maybe I didn't speak the language or, or they didn't speak English. You know, and I can speak Spanish, so that doesn't count, but other places. And with, like, women, I was in situations where what little language we could speak, you know, body language and energy took over. Yeah. And, we, I mean, it wasn't smooth, like, as if I was speaking to someone who understood my slang or my whatevers, but that was what all I had to go off of, and it worked, and you, we just kind of tapped into, like, you know, your primal instincts of reading another yeah. human and shit. It was, it's, it's interesting when you... Rely on that shit because you know it's different. You're not going with game and you're not going with all those other things. And I mean, but that's a confidence thing. You know, you got Just a lot of guys, basics. a lot of people who have to be in their perfect realm or their comfort zone, I guess to say, to, to do things like work a certain job or talk to certain girls. But when you're put in those places, it's like sink or swim. Yeah. And uh, you realize you are capable of so much more. And people, I mean, as different as we are, we are still animals and humans and we can you can communicate even if you don't speak the fucking language. Like, dude, my father lives in Mexico. He barely speaks English, can't even fucking speak Spanish. And he's fine. And he used to do work in like French Canada, like Quebec all the time. Don't speak any fucking French. But he managed to fucking do it just it's a comfort zone where people. you're willing to put yourself yourself out yeah, there for. Yeah. You know? And and that's all getting back to like the idea of people traveling more is it puts you in that that environment and that oh. way of, of, of trying to adapt and trying to make things work in that sense. You, know? you, you traveled much in the, in the U.S.? Like, besides, like, major cities and shit, you've been, like... Yeah. Right? I feel like a lot of people I know, they've, they've been to other countries, they've been on vacations, they've been up and down the East Coast, maybe Texas. The majors. And, and they haven't been to most of America, and America's fucking huge. Yeah. I mean, I've been into, like, 
every state and all these like big cities, little towns, and it's so big that so many different regions of it are like it's different countries and and it's like uh, I don't know. It's interesting, man. I feel like if more people traveled America, they'd have a greater understanding of why we have the president we have, why things are the way they are. You know, like it's it's a vast country, man. There's a lot of different shit going on. It's beautiful. I I think visually it is start, stunning. If you're gonna start traveling, you haven't traveled a lot. Start here. Yeah, it's, it's cheaper. It's diverse enough. Right? It's beautiful enough. People speak English most of the time. And, 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 and it's easier to get yourself acclimated with what foreign travel would be like till you get comfortable. Because traveling for some people is scary, you know? Like, um, But Amer- dude, traveling America is amazing. And I, honestly, I actually love traveling middle America. I think it's, it's just... There's so much history to America that is pro and con for different whatevers, but you still have to have an appreciation for it. It's yeah. like It's like... Going to any museum for World War Two or World War One and seeing that it's, it's horror and terror, yeah. but having appreciation for it and the impact and changes and things that, and the people that went through it and why and what they dealt with and so that's oh, just definitely. exposure. Yeah. And I think going through these different these different areas that maybe don't interest you or gravity or a walk of life that's not, but like there's still a history. There's yeah. still a makeup and a DNA that of why we are where we are and why this country is where it is. And if you don't explore those areas, and I mean, Middle America's it's beautiful. I mean, it's, Dude, it's, a lot. it's such a big country. There's so many different kinds of environments. Like you have the redwoods. You have these rocky oh mountains. Gosh. You've got these bayous in the deep south. You've got the northeast with big fucking pine trees. You've got these fucking vast flat cornfields. You've got desert. We're like in desert, right? This is Mexico, really, man. In New Mexico and Arizona, it's fucking desert. You've got all this crazy shit, man. You've got the what do you call them shits? The in Arkansas where all the meth heads be at. The Ozarks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got all these... And this is one country has all this different shit. California alone... Yeah, California is the most vast. California alone has has the highest point and lowest point. And they're literally 80 miles apart from each other. I mean, I can surf and snowboard in the same day if I want. And Mount Whitney are 80 miles apart. It's the highest and lowest in the lower 48 because Alaska Alaska has the highest. Actually, I've never been to Alaska and I don't really want to because of the golf ball sized mosquitoes. That's straight up. And the fucking darkness or light all the time either way. Alaska is dope. Awesome. God, everybody says that just not driving me there. It's It's just not true. I used to date a girl from Anchorage. I've only been twice and I wish I've been way more. Really? You didn't get like eaten up by fucking bugs? Were you salmon fishing? No, what were no, you doing? Don't Opiates, drinking like depression. Well, that's what they do there. It seems like fish for crabs. But it's a, it's such a rad culture to even like just observe. Like, I'm sure think, it's stunning. Like I'm it's literally like it, the history of how this culture is what it is and where and like it's like the last frontier of like real mm. raw that's people true. that raw living create and settle and live off land and have a lifestyle and it's Touché. a hard lifestyle. Touché. It's a hard oh, I, lifestyle. Yeah, I, I can tell. It's not easy and it takes a certain person so you have to have a respect for that kind of person yeah, because respect. this is a I fucking respect. hard lifestyle. You know? I just, yeah, I just choose not to because it's like, yeah, it's just crazy. Like, I don't know, that, the climate and shit, you know? But I mean, I'd totally. go, I'd go for sure but if it was like, um, and here, the lights here magical, my choices. I mean, you, just, you got this, you, we have this dawn uh, and 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 dusk, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Time period is what forty minutes of that that crazy dawn light like and that crazy day, like right? dusk light, right? But you get this light that's that dawn or dusk light forever, forever so dude. long, and that's a that's I feel what like we that would drive me nuts though, dude. Hour. That's like their entire day. But you, how can you sleep if it's like sunny all the time, you or adapt. if it's dark all the time? We adapt. God, I get pale as shit. I'm already pale. I get pale as shit. I get depressed. Probably more tattoos. Yeah, that's true. I could get some more. We should get some. Get some foot ones. Do you want to do mine? Yeah. You want to go get tramp stamps? I do.